Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. Everybody, I thought I'd check in on this midsummer's day. It's lovely, it's sunny, it's 74 degrees on July 22nd. I even asked Google how many days until Labor Day? 44. So we are midpoint between the 90 days of the summer season here. I know some people get a little bit more, but we have a very long extended fall winter and this year it was a super short spring but I digress what have I been doing over the last couple of weeks I did go on a one week solo trip to visit the family in Virginia Beach and saw the grandkids and my daughter mostly um, her husband was working she has a college class that she's taking I'm very proud of her um, she already has her master's degree, but she needs a couple classes to be able to take the teaching certification test in the state that she lives. So I learned a lot about uh, her cultural geography class, and we talked about different countries as she, oh my gosh, she was in seven days into this five-week class. She had taken six quizzes and one exam. I mean, talk about accelerated. I'm glad she's doing it because my brain couldn't take all of that. In fact, I got a little overwhelmed with two free classes that I signed up for, but I did watch a few free classes from the Abby Kristen's um, flower, paper flower week of free classes and patterns. Um, you know, I, I did download the free patterns and I watched a couple of the classes. And the more I watched it, the more I'm like, do I really want to do paper flowers? I have cut a few out in the past. And I like the smaller flowers. Not sure I want to do big bouquets or wreaths or those big oversized roses. But you never know. I have colored cardstock and one day um, the creative bug may get me on that. But what I did fall in love with was the free fodder challenge classes by Willa Wanders. Um, that is her Instagram handle and her and another lady own a school called Fodder School and it's all about mixed media collaging, painting, using up what you have and upcycling them into art pieces, art journals. Wow, was it very inspirational and quite a divergent activity from what I am comfortable doing and I think that's why I got so excited about it. I have gone on a deep dive um, while I'm in the work week and not able to devote more than a couple of minutes here and there 
to the free lessons I have. They're up until August 4th if you want to go check them out. They're very accelerated and you know really what they want you to do is to get so excited by it that you want to take their year-long course which is a few hundred dollars. I can't remember the price but it's out of my budget and I'm like I don't want to do a year-long thing. What I want is to do the middle-aged woman or senior citizen. I guess I'm a senior now. I, I have to quit calling myself middle-aged. Um, you know, looking at the fact that I like to do things in very small, tiny snippets of, of learning and a lot of practicing, and I'm kind of self-taught on most things, even quilting. I mean, I, I learned how to do the basics myself, and then I watched videos and honed in on some skills. That's kind of how I typically learn. So I learned a lot of things in these 12 free classes. And one of them is fun. It's making a, what is it called? Like a bohemian fodder school. You see fodder is like collage papers and stuff. And you have all of this fodder for making collages. And they made like a wall hanging using a stick, almost, you know how macrame hangs from a stick? Well, this is like beads and little um, circles that you cut out of paper or felt and a whole bunch of stuff. Very inspirational using, you know, things around the house. We learned a lot about fussy cutting watercolor, um, watercolor flowers and leaves and making your own pages that you could rip up or cut out. So I'm pretty inspired because I'm really more about, I don't want to collect a whole bunch of more, whole bunch of more, you know, how I like that, a whole bunch more crafting supplies or stacks of scrapbook paper. I'd like to just get blank pages or upcycle paper bags and paper that I have and maybe buy some, you know, more white art paper. I have lots of books and, and I'm pretty excited. I have like, you know, art journal books or sketchbooks that you can use to practice some of these things. But some people do some really amazing things on YouTube. I haven't watched a couple of videos on how to make your own scrapbook, you know, putting the signatures together, which is like three or four pages and sewing them by hand and then sewing. You could really get into book binding. I'm telling you, not my thing. I want to keep it, um, lighthearted, but to get a pre-made scrapbook journal, um, scrapbook journal, mixed media journal, they can be pricey. So I'm going to start cheap. And I even saw a few videos on how to do it low budget. And so as I learn, I'll share more with you and show what I'm figuring out um, on Instagram and in my, in my Facebook group, my creative corner three. Anyway, that was a super, super deep dive on what I am learning and trying. So I made today more of the, our creative soul segment, a card. It was lesson 11. It was like a card to creativity or thinking like a thank you card to creativity with a little journaling inside. And I followed the directions and I used what I had including some old stickers and I found some pieces on nice paper that I could cut out someone had stamped me something that said have a nice day on it or something like that and I used acrylic paints and an old manila folder and kind of upcycled it and cut out a few pieces of watercolor 
practice pages and wrote a little note, Dear Creativity, thank you for being there, uh, meeting you a long time ago, and this is how you make me feel and used words to describe it. It was the process of practice and, you know, the end results aren't going to win any prizes, but I really enjoyed spending the hour and a half that I did on this little card to myself. And I may put it in like a bigger scrapbook or something later, but I thought, you know, it's a place to start and it's a place to practice. So that's what I did today. And I'm kind of going through my stash and realizing I got a lot of stuff, just crafty stuff. And I'm going to use it up before I start investing in a, a lot of money and things. I might need to buy some paper over time, but that's something I can get at Walmart which I isn't the only place I have locally to buy craft and art supplies, believe it or not. I have some acrylic paints. I have some watercolor paints. I've got a million pens and pencils and all kinds of stuff. So that's been my big excitement. I think, you know, when you get to a certain point in making things, you've tried everything a few times. And I don't want to say I'm getting burnt out on quilting, but it takes a lot to feel inspired again, and this may help that process because I'm getting the desire to make more quilts, but you have to do other things to be inspired. So I'm going to hit the highlights of the week that I was in Virginia Beach of the kids and I and my daughter did tie-dye t-shirts and they loved it so much and we had leftovers that I think they're going to do more shirts and things this next week and then I think my daughter and I did not buy t-shirts and we were like oh the FOMO the fear of missing out so we were kind of rummaging for smocks and I found that she used 100% cotton towels in her kitchen for sourdough so I said how about you and I dye these little um kitchen towels you know they're pretty loose weave but we did it and it was great she's going to still use hers for sourdough and I'm going to make mine I think into a journal cover or something like that I think that's what I'm going to do it'll be super fun I'm going to stabilize it in on the back so it doesn't stretch as much but we did uh, we all learned about what are they called sunbursts where you bunch up the fabric you know in several like little mountains and you rubber band them in a couple spots and you get like these mini sunbursts that was a lot of fun the kids liked it and it was pretty easy to do they are they did the pleat and fold method last year what I found about that method is that it uses a lot more dye it's a lot more fussy and, you know, you can be as fussy as you want. You know me, I'm a little more organic. And I liked the or organic nature, shall we call, of tie-dye t-shirts. Lots of fun with that. Then we did a little sewing lesson one day. The older twins did mug rugs. And the younger one, she's just, you know, finished kindergarten. So she cut her square out with a template you know, top and back, we did not put batting in it. We just learned how to sew a seam, which all of that came in handy later. But earlier in the week, I saw the Hermitage in Norfolk is a different Hermitage than the one in Nashville, but they had an art installation called Echoes of the Heart. Totally loved it. It was 
a art installation where the whole building on the outside represented uh, a heart and the anatomy of the heart. But it's really a, was a story about how our heart, physical heart, and our heart, our psychological part, really coexist with nature. And it was about the transformation of ourself in walking through life and learning. It was a hands-on um, type of display. The outside was meant to be seen at night and lit up and pulsing, but it was so, so hot, like heat index, well over a hundred. So we went first thing in the morning and then went inside. Inside on the second floor of this historic home, which has all the family art collections and things like that on the first floor was set up. One room was all of the little boxes. They were like shaped like temples and you opened the door and each one had recordings of people telling the theme of that little art installation. And there were dioramas on the inside with lots of paint and art and hand-drawn things with like fairy garden ideas. So each one was a different thing that the heart spoke to these people. Like the first one was um, what I'm learning in wisdom. One was about heartbreak and feelings. Another one was about um, joy and contentment was another one about jealousy, you know, all of these things. And the last one was just, oh, just touching was children and what they thought it meant to listen to your heart. And it had a children's diorama. Each one was very artfully done. I took a few pictures, but it was fascinating. Even the children listened to most of what each temple had to say. They were lit up. The room was dark. Um, so there was a lot of candlelight and the backlighting and the mirrors and the temples. Oh, it was really beautiful. Very touching. I think we all grabbed Kleenexes throughout the whole thing and cried. But then you went into another room where it was called a portal. And Claudia, the artist, um, she did this three-dimensional, two-sided, lit, and um, went with music, uh, this pulsating piece of art that looked like wire mesh again, like the outside, but this one, you looked into it, and with every breathing uh, in inspiration or inhale of the lungs, certain nature and representative things of the body lit up in respiration and growth. And then as it exhaled in the heartbeat, you would see other things of nature like shells and nautilus and the sea and things that represented fluidity and blood. It was dazzling. The children sat in that room on beanbag chairs for probably a half hour, which is a very long time for nine-year-olds and a kindergartner. They just loved it. And then because I am so into journaling and transformation of the heart and being better and listening to your heart, the last room was interactive where they had pin boards up and a table with a kerosene lamp on it. And you sat and answered prompt questions and everyone wrote their stories. What is your heart telling you today? And you could take it home or you could pin it up. We cried. 
reading the stories was, I'm almost tearing up now, just stories of triumph and pain and heartache and hope. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Highly recommend if this um, Echoes of the Heart comes to your neighborhood or you have a chance to see anything by this artist. I got to see um, her full name so that um, you can look for it your, you, for yourself. It was pretty amazing. Her name is Claudia Bueno. I found the card and it's called Echoes of the Heart. It's going to be in Norfolk until October 9th. If you want to see the lit up um, nighttime demonstration, that's on Tuesday nights. That may be worth it, but it's hard to park and there'll be a lot of people and it's on an inlet of the ocean. So it's a pretty beautiful place, but I, it's also in a tight historic neighborhood. So, you know, parking is tough, but it's really amazing because it's all, it looked like lace, to be honest. So Claudia Bueno is an internationally recognized Venezuela born artist renowned for creating immersive technology, technological wonders using light sculpture and sound. Her mesmerizing multi-dimensional displays of captivating light and intricate composition transmit a quality of timeless spaciousness that viewers simultaneously lose and find themselves. That's just like the perfect, perfect description. And this is really a multi-sensory immersive art display. And that seemed to be the theme of the week. She's done installations um, from at Meow Wolf Las Vegas to large sculpture drawings, cutouts, paintings exhibited all around the world. Um, there was also a soundtrack and it was by um, a Brazilian born musician, composer, healer, and therapeutic body worker. So this is really like electronic um, spa meditation music and his name is Por Porgangui, I believe, P-O-R-A-N-G-Y. Loved, loved it. It's just really amazing. So in this, it told us to look for things such as tentacles of the octopus, snakes, flowers, roots, branches, arteries. And this was great because it gave the kids kind of like a find it thing and immersive art speaking to me. I loved it. So the next day we went to the immersive art experience of Beyond Van Gogh in um, the in Norfolk, no, in Virginia Beach Conference Center. I Same thing, two days in a row of this immersive art was just like almost like a transformation in my brain. It was perfect and very imaginative and inspiring. Van Gogh's work, I knew of Starry Night and I knew of like the bouquet of sunflowers, but there were pieces that I did not know much of. You know, his portraiture of himself was um, pretty amazing. Learning about his life and his mental health problems and his genius of using garish colors for the time. And then what got me is that you had to slow down and really look at this three-dimensional interactive thing, three-dimensional because you're looking at the art from 
floor to ceiling. They have animations in the art. They take snippets of like really important vignettes in each art piece. And all you did was listen to the soundtrack. I will tell you the Beyond Van Gogh soundtrack is cool and you can find it on Spotify. I have been turned on to Spotify as a place to find these kinds of things. So you might want to check it out. So Beyond Van Gogh, the only thing I can tell you is that your ticket's good for an hour and that's about what it took to read the in, you know, historical things at the beginning. Again, it's in the dark and the room is lit up with the projections and the beautiful music. It's a lot of money for an hour's worth of entertainment. However, I it was $40 for an adult plus fees. You know, so it's a little bit expensive, but I found it to be fascinating and very, very enjoyable. So it would be a great night to take your kids or even as adults. The kids loved it. There's not a lot of seating, so I my legs got tired standing for an hour you know I'm still not real strong but you could sit on the floor they had one or two benches and we saved those for elderly people or people who were disabled and the children would dance and sing to the music and you know lots of children were there then they would sit on the floor and just be fascinated by the art so they have had a great week of being educated in a very fun way. Um, this week, uh, they're doing something that's called out school, I think it is, um, through their school system. And it wasn't a lot of money and they're doing fun things this week too. So maybe um, I remember being bored all summer long and not being able to kick that. So that's where creativity and I became friends at a young age because, you know, it was before internet and um, cable TV didn't come around in my neighborhood until I was in middle school, high school. But I think the kids are having a great time learning in a different way. I mean, they're doing swim lessons and all of that, but it's so hot. I just see how in the South, they get what I call the case of the Januarys. They get it in July, um, but never fear. We had a great week with being together. And then when you're all done, because it's so exhausting physically because it's hot and emotionally because those immersive experiences really do drain you. We would come back to the house and just rest up and my daughter and I would sip tea and she would study her lesson and the kids would teach me about things that I learned are popular right now. So if you're a grandmother or grandfather or an aunt or uncle, you may figure out that kids in the age group, what I'll call tweeners, are interested in a book series called Warrior Cats. Yeah, it's kind of weird sounding, but I've heard all about it. They were reading it constantly. It's a billion book series. I don't really know how long, but it's about tribes of cats. And it sounds like, uh, I'm not, not going to lie, it sounded a little bit like a soap opera. However, it was very fascinating to the kids about 
warriors and fighting tribes and love, love gained, love lost, um, families, all kinds of things. So warrior cats don't know if it's for everybody, but my grandkids are reading it. They're loving it. Didn't sound, um, too bad. And in fact, it's way better than the trash novels I was reading by 10, 11, and 12 years old. <laughs> oh, if my mother knew. Mom, you're listening. You don't want to know the trash I was reading. Okay, moving on. Um, the other thing they're interested in is Minecraft, which is a video game. And in, they're playing in what's called creator mode. So they're building worlds and there's team players with each other. They're not allowed to go online. And um, it was fun to watch all of the things that they're interested in. Now, Minecraft has been around since my youngest was a kid. So it was interesting to see that some things don't change, but yet the technology has changed and made the game even more fun. So that was my vacation. I did, you know, go on the last day. Oh, I almost forgot about the last day on Friday because I flew home Saturday. We all packed up and we drove to Williamsburg, which is about, well, I don't know, it's about 35 miles, but it's anything from 40 minutes to 90 minutes. It took us 40 minutes, 45 minutes to get up there. It took us 90 minutes to get home. Traffic is horrendous. It just gets worse every year. So I had to depend on my daughter to drive me. I wanted to be there for the opening and ribbon cutting ceremony for Angel's Halo Inspirations brick and mortar quilt shop. They worked so hard all week, her family, and I just was so happy that she had a great showing. There were lots of people there for the ribbon cutting I bought Lori Holt's Prairie Fat Quarter Bundle. I fell in love with it. I saw it in person. I couldn't pass it up. I saved the money I had made doing some custom quilts, if you remember. And I bought that. I bought some Kona White for backgrounds and for settings and sashings. And I bought the Lori Holt. It's the flower seam guide, you know, that you stick to your sewing machine. I really like that. And I bought, oh, I bought a panel that has bees on it. So totally into the Lori Holt thing. Love her stuff. Love her patterns. And since I have scrappiness as happiness, I'm going to take some of those fat quarters and make one of the quilts out of that book. I haven't decided which one, probably the apple core, because I don't have a ton of reds and pinks in my stash, but I have a lot of oranges, like for the pumpkins and things. That's my thought process. The other thing that I have not completed, but I've been poking around it, is putting together the granny squares that I made over the last year. I started with the sew along um, with Fat Quarter Shop and I'm wrapping it up. I want to have it done, the top sewn together, the top done by this first week in August. I want it to be done, say, the 10th or so of August because I want to get moving on some of these other scrappy quilts. I'm doing scrappy spools. This month I need to make four pinwheel blocks. I might make them yet today. 
Um, the other thing that I'm doing is I got all of the customer quilts done that I have on hand now. Might have one or two more coming, but I don't think I'm having many come after that. So I put on a bonus blot of um, Arrows quilt that I made several years ago. I'm horrible about when you have extra blocks. I made way too many for a quilt. And these were the less than perfect ones. This pattern was featured in a magazine a few years ago. And I had enough left over for like a baby size quilt. So I found a backing and a batting piece. And I have one more row to do on it today. And I found all of my quilt tops. And I have like five. Two of them are twin size. The rest of them are wall hangings. And I have, you know, my mom has one that she's already a small one for me to finish and she'll probably have another couple. So I'm going to plug away at all that with the goal being by the time the weather cools down this winter, I have a stack of binding and I know I'm going to have about eight or 10 quilts to bind. Some of them are larger, not a queen, but you know, twin and many small ones. So I'm going to learn clapping. I am going to learn how to machine bind. There, I clapped it for emphasis. I'm going to go back and look at the class I signed up for with Stash Bandit about machine binding. I watched it last fall when my brain wasn't quite cleared up yet um, after the long COVID had set in. And I'm definitely going to do that this winter. So... Then it takes me to cross stitch. I finished the summer memory Susan Aki pattern that was in the book that is doves with some, I think, cherry block cherries on a stick, <laughs> cherries on a vine or a branch. No, cherries on a stick, please. And it says equality, justice, hope, and peace. I really like the pale blue gingham. Oh, the it goes very well with the colors in that and the postage stamp that I did in the June stitch alongs. And then I caught up on the temperature cross stitch. Um, so I'm not going to do any more new cross stitch. I got, a, you know, I started a teacup, not happy with it, put it away. But I have that Christmas one to get out in the fall. But... Starting August 1st is the 100 hexes, 100 days. Now, I've already got probably 100 hexes already glued, you know, glue basted on English paper piecing papers. And so what I want to do is spend the next 100 days, my hand stitching will be working on putting together all the Liberty of London fabric I bought last summer and get them into hexagon flowers. And I'm just going to put them together. I'm not going to be too precious about it or too fussy about it. You know, I was going to try to make the centers all this or that or the other. No, I'm just putting them all together. Maybe try to pick maybe a color family for that little seven hexagon flower. And then I don't know what I'm going to do with them. But I love the fabrics I have. Some that are actual Liberty Tana Lawn that I paid a pretty price for. And the other thing is I have some Moda, was it Moda or Riley, Riley Blake, I think, did some Liberty reproductions. And they're a little bit upscaled the 
florals a bit, but they are very pretty too. And I'm just going to keep putting together hexagons. I might do them like one hexagon on a square, or I may try to join them all together and do a larger hexagon color wash looking type of quilt. But though I'm going to be honest, they're very heavy with all those tiny seams. And I really do kind of like the look of the hexagons being flowers on a block or maybe use them on say bags or purses or something. I don't know, but I'm going to, going to think on it. But the first thing you got to do with hexes is get them sewn together in some arrangement and doing these flowers are easy. When you start putting them together in a long row or in large chunks, then it becomes unwieldy. And I'm going to be honest, it's not my favorite to do, but I love the making the little flowers. <laughs> oh, I'm such an ADHD crafter, aren't I? Oh my goodness. Um, I just want to say I'm feeling really good. And I think I'm on maintenance um, visits. I might go one more time to the chiropractor um, and work on the visualization and get uh, one more adjustment. I have exhausted my benefit through my insurance program, but I'm feeling so good. I think it's the best rehabilitation that I could have done for long COVID for me. I was having a lot of neurological slowdowns and processing problems. I mean, along with the lungs and the fatigue, exercise slowly adding it, you know, in time, it seems to be helping with that. But I was really distraught last year when I couldn't imagine anything. I mean, I would try to think of what colors would look like together or feel inspired. And I couldn't even bring thoughts together very well. I don't know how I did a podcast last year. Forgive me if they're that bad. And I did do some blog posts, but I'm, I go back. I'm not going back and reading them. I'm just leaving them. You know, they're there for posterity. <laughs> but I am feeling much better. So I'm, I'm really going to start pushing now to get out in the gym and in the rowing machine and uh, my neighbor's got a loud muffler. Did you hear that? That's horrible. Um, anyway, and work on that. But um, overall, I think now it's just keep doing my short daily meditations with headspace, doing mindful living, practicing visualizations. And other thing is now that I have the ability to do some things, I'm trying more art projects, which I think is not only good for creativity, but it's also good for the physical brain. So I have to say I've been feeling really good and very happy with that. So the next thing is, what have I been doing otherwise? Well, I've been doing um, my usual YouTube shows, and I really like watching the people who do mudlarking and they go around beachcombing and going to old Victorian dumps and finding treasures. And my all-time favorite channel is Northern Mudlarks and they live in the Scottish um, borderlands, um, which is kind of near the English border. They started a new channel and oh, the first episode is 
just heartwarming. If you don't know them, it's a great place to start. Um, they have a farm and they don't do as much farming on it. I think they lease out parts of it, but they do some fun things with metal detecting on their property and showing the creeks and walking through the fields. But a lot of their main channel, Northern Mudlarks, is they're mudlarking and what they call going to tips or dumps. But, but their Lost Tower Diaries is one video on it. And we know um, people who've watched them from almost the beginning, which is my husband and I, on their farm, they had peahens. They didn't have any peacocks. They just had two hens that they incubated and raised. Well, there were two, a white one and then a brown one. And they have funny little names for them. But the white one during the pandemic went missing. And the sister, they called it, um, was heartbroken. So the first one is they did mail order eggs to peacocks. Oh, it's just, I just love her cinematography. Alex is the daughter. She's an adult and um, does a beautiful job narrating and storytelling. If you want to watch a lovely little channel, it's very little now. The Lost Tower Diaries, well, little, they have 2,000 subscribers, which is way more than my YouTube channel, <laughs> but um, it's just lovely. Northern Mudlarks is their main channel, and then they have another one that where they do occasional crafts on it called Northern Mudlark Makes. Ooh, they put one up two months ago that I haven't watched, and that they did gel printing. Ooh, I, I'm more interested in that now because that's part of the whole making collages. I might buy a little gel pad and try that. So anyway, plug for that. You would really like it. Um, if you want to see and learn about their farm and their farmstead. The other thing is um, I watch another group called Scottish Mudlarking. And they are, they're out from a small town outside of Edinburgh. And they go around beaches and bottle tips and dumps like also. But this weekend, I'm very excited. They did a beach combing and they got what they call wishing stones and wishing stones have a rock that have a ring of quartz all the way through it that touches from beginning to end a circle of some sort and they had a 50 percent off sale on all of their jewelry that they find from their beach combing and bottle dumps basically is where they go. So I bought a necklace that should be here in the next week. I've watched her do her handmade jewelry, which is another separate channel now. They used to do it all in one, but I guess everybody's decided you have to have a channel for every topic, which makes it harder for me to find things. <coughs> but I'm excited because I should get a wishing stone in with my necklace that was on sale. I think her necklace sale ends August 1st. So if you're interested, they have an Etsy shop and her husband does music that you can buy through Kofi. Just He does a lot of acoustic guitars. He does all of the music for their channel. They even have a channel that is all about 
his um, videoing of the Scottish countryside with his music is quite lovely also. And then I'm into the car shows, you know, they're, you know, the car guys that are taking old cars and fixing them up and, and a lot of craft types of things. And my husband still is into all of the, the history shows. So we watched a few and my favorite time team did the Anglo-Saxon Cemetery this summer. And I'm waiting for their next one to come up. And that's about all I've been up to. It's mostly the big vacation. And I'm happy, happy to say I navigated through the airports. I flew from Detroit to Norfolk I, I nonstop. Yay. Um, I navigated through it all myself and didn't get lost. So it was, it was a good time. So if you're interested in hearing more about some of my crafty adventures, um, check out my YouTube channel. I'm going to try to put up a video this week of a project that I bought all the essentials before I got sick last year and then never got around to it. So I'll be doing that uh, this week. And I'm still doing the weekly post um, Saturday morning coffee on my blog, just kind of a little muse of what's been going on and what I'm thinking about, as well as my Instagram channel and the Facebook group. If you would like to support the channel, um, like, comment, share. It's always great to have more people who join in the conversation and commenting on the website where the show notes are. Or you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee through Kofi, and the link will be in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate everybody's support and comments and likes and shares because it means a lot to me. And I want to wish you all the most wonderful week. And until next time, quilt on and take time every day to make something and to be kind to yourself.